Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Nutrition Lifestyles with Kim and Joanne. I'm Kim. And I'm Joanne. And today we have an exercise episode for you. So without any further ado, instead of us introducing the guest to you, we want our guest to introduce herself. So Amber, go ahead and take it away. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Hi, guys. Thank you, Joanne and Kim, for having me on here. Super honored to be here. My name is Amber. I live in New York City. I'm a nutritionist and a personal trainer. I help people, well, I help mostly women uh, get strong, get healthy, reach a healthy weight, and just really develop a better relationship with food and exercise. Nice. Nice. So Amber, tell us a little bit about the nutritionist part. So you're currently in school. So divulge that to the audience as well. Yeah, sure. So I am, I have a master's in nutrition and human performance, and I just completed my dietetic internship. Okay. Yeah. So now I'm starting to study for my RD exam and I'm hoping to take that this fall. I have a certification through NASM, a weight loss specialist certification and a fitness nutrition specialist certification as well. So Mm -hmm. I'm pretty, once I have the RD license, I'll be pretty well-rounded in the nutrition scope of things. Yes, for sure. Because let me tell you, in the dietetic world, you know, when we hear nutritionists, we're like, okay, who is that? Mm -hmm. So the fact that you're, you know, almost an RD, definitely we can't wait to welcome you full-fledged into the profession so we're excited for you about that and you know the funny thing is my grad school professor my main professor he would call you a hot potato or a hot commodity that's what he called me (laughs) because I have an undergrad in exercise science an undergrad in dietetics and Ah. I did my master's in nutrition and food uh science as well so he was like the combination. People don't often see that combo. You think you would mm-hmm. in the dietetics field, mm-hmm. but you don't often right. see that combo. Like I went to Florida State. The programs were in the same school. Exercise physiology and nutrition were in the same school. I went to University of Georgia for my master's and they were across the dang campus, like far wow, away. Really? So you are a hot commodity now. Thank you, yeah. Joanne. Your, your background is, that's fascinating food science and, and nutrition science and, and the exercise science and all that. That's wow. Uh, that, that's amazing. Thank you. And it is, it is rare to find a blend of that sort. When I first started going back to school for nutrition, you know, I was just a personal trainer and I just had the, the certifications as a weight loss specialist and the fitness nutrition specialist, which is nowhere near enough compared to being an RD to really get into the nitty gritty of of nutrition with people. But I noticed there wasn't a lot of personal trainers getting their RDs. Now there is, I see, I see a few more out there that have both the RD and the personal trainer. Yeah. I mean, I try to, I'm always learning. I'm always into, you know, learning more. I always joke. I'm forever a student. (laughs) (laughs) Likewise us. Yeah. So Amber, let's get into the training and resistance training information, because I know that some people, they're like, oh yeah, I work out. And then all they do is cardio. But if someone is interested in starting a training resistance training program, 
what are the first steps that they should take to ensure that they remain safe? Is there a weight amount that they should start with at minimum? When should they start going up in the weights to increase their weights so that they can gain more muscle? Can you go into that a little bit for us? Yeah, sure. I feel, you know, there, there are a lot of people that when they start working out, they do always go like the cardio route. And I am so guilty of that. When I first began my fitness journey, I was mm-hmm. 17 and I wanted to get ready for prom. And <laughs> I, and literally all I did was I just did the treadmill five days a week, you know, and did it work? Yes. And no, you know, there's a term called skinny fat. I wasn't always happy with how I was looking because I was just doing cardio and I wasn't getting the goal that I, I was trying to get. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, which is, you know, when I started getting into bodybuilding and then that's when I started getting really interested in weight training and then figuring out the, the beauty of weight training and how great I felt doing it. And it's what made me want to become a personal trainer. Because I wanted to share that with other people. Because I know a lot of people that just solely focus on just cardio. And they are afraid to touch the weights. Or they don't know what to do in the weight section. Or they're just very intimidated by it. So anyone that's like looking to build a healthier lifestyle. Like I feel like strength training needs to be prioritized. And cardio is just more supplementary to that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The cardio shouldn't be a sole means of your workout. You know, that should be the strength training. And, you hmm. know, I, I want to add to that when you were talking about people focusing on cardio. I know in my era, I'm talking like I'm old, old, but <laughs> during right, my time. Say, what is the era? <laughs> <laughs> during the 90s, you know, there was a, there's a bad okay. connotation associated with women who right, lifted right. weights. So when I was in college in the 2000s, that's when I started, you know, to focus on resistance training and such, because prior to that, you know, people would talk badly about women who lift weights, oh, they look like a man and this and that and the other. And so women usually just focused on cardio because of that. It it was, I mean, it's a lot of uh, lack of knowledge that had a lot to do with it. And I I think in the last 20 years, we've seen more women who are understanding the concepts more of what weight um, training actually does. There's no such thing as you looking like a man. And I think more people are focusing on both and just not cardio. Yeah, I, I feel like it definitely has evolved among women, you know, the strength training. It's, there's more women strength training now than there was 20 years ago. And mm-hmm. there's that fear of like getting bulky. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's still something that I, I, I get from women who they want to lose weight and they're like, you know, I, I want to do what you're doing, but I don't want to get bulky. And I'm like, well, do I look bulky? And they're like, no, I'm like, then you could do it too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's just getting people comfortable with, strength training and disassociating it from like bodybuilders. Right. And trying to just mm-hmm, educate them. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like there's that lack of education where it's like, no, you can't get this big. You're not in that calorie surplus. You know, you're not bench pressing 300 pounds. Like you're like, it's good. Like do a little resistance, do a little cardio and you're, you're good to go. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love that. Cause I remember too, I also have 
an undergraduate in exercise science, physiology. That's what they called it at FSU, Joanne? Mm-hmm, exercise phys yeah. or exercise science. Yeah, one of them. And, you know, the, the <laughs> one of them. Yeah. So I also think, too, a lot of women don't realize the benefit of using your own body weight, you know, mm-hmm. instead of like having to rely on the kettlebell, which I love, or free weights, you know, like your own body, like push-ups. Oh, my goodness. Killer. I hate them. <laughs> Killer. So are I, hard. I hate them. Yeah, they're super hard. Oh, my gosh. So I wanted to ask, like, you know, everyone is staying home. We're still in these pandemic times. You know, we have the Delta now. By the time this episode releases, we don't know how it's going to mutate and develop, so forth and so on. So I foresee people being inside a lot more, unless you live in Florida with the governor that we have. But anyway, I wanted to know, what if someone like gets off track for like a month or two on their weight training regimen? You know, can they safely pick up where they left off? Like, will there still be muscle memory or do they have to start all over again? That's a really good question. Circling back to like with the body weight, if someone's just beginning to like work out, I always recommend doing body weight stuff to get a feel for it. Um, Cause it's going to be challenging mm. for them, you know, just working with the right. body weight. And then as you get stronger, you know, you add more volume and you could do that by increasing the reps or adding in weight, you know? So mm. I think the the body weight, it's challenging. It's hard. And it's great for beginners especially if you're doing like at home workouts, Mm -hmm. if, Mm -hmm. if something happens with Delta and, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think things are going to shut down again, but I understand people's hesitancy to go back to the Mm -hmm. gym. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I have a full gym set up in my house. So I, yeah, like I'm ready to go. If I don't feel comfortable being in a gym, I got the things I need. Mm -hmm. If things shut down, I have everything I need and it's dumbbells, kettlebells and a squat rack, like in, in a bench. Mm-hmm. So I, ha- I mm-hmm. have everything tucked away in my tiny little New York city apartment. Um, mm-hmm. But if someone is, you know, not going to be out and they're working out from home, I say, look for, there's like streaming classes, you know, to do, Yeah. you know, instead of just doing them like alone, you, could do streaming classes where there's an instructor to help guide you through stuff, or there's apps that you could do. And then if you just don't work out and you take that time off after a month or two, I think it really depends on, you know, the person's fitness level too, like where they were at beforehand. If you take like a month off and say you're like deadlifting 200 pounds, I don't think you're going to walk right back into the gym and lift that 200 pounds up that day, but maybe the following week after getting back into it that week, that, that first week back into the gym after time off is a little challenging. You know, I definitely suggest Mm -hmm. going lighter than where you left off and assess from there, assess how hard or easy it was. And then build up from, from there. Like I, I could tell you like my deadlift is not at 210 where it used to be. And I'm not going to go back into the gym and try to lift that 210. I'm going to gradually build up on it. That's true. That's true. And you know, the fact that you say that I was even here thinking I had 
I think the only person that knows is like my family and Joanne and now, you know, Amber and I guess the general public. (laughs) Right. Everyone's going to know now. Back in February, I had surgery and like prior, like the day before my surgery, like I went to the gym and I did everything because I'm like, well, I I know I'm going to be like laid up in bed. So like six weeks after my surgery, I tried to like take a normal walk around the block. I couldn't get past like two houses because I was just (laughs) like beat and deconditioned. So, you know, the fact that you're like, yeah, if you take some time off, definitely honor your process. You don't want to go back out there and then cause like an injury. So, yeah, that's Mm -hmm. definitely true. Deconditioning is so real. Absolutely. I've had clients that we started training again once everything opened back up and you know, their strength Mm -hmm. was not where it was when they left off with me before COVID happened. And I had to keep reminding them because they were really beating themselves up about it. They're like, I used to be so strong. Like, why, Mm -hmm. why is this weight so much heavier? And I'm like, yeah, we were gone for a year. We did not Mm -hmm. touch this barbell for a year. Like, don't, come back into the gym thinking that you're going to pick that, that weight up where you left off. We're going to work our way back up there. It's just going to take time. And I always tell them like, if in order to get two steps forward, you have to take a step back. That's just how life is, you know, and be kind to yourself. And you know what, in the last year I read this article and I can't remember who wrote it, but it was published somewhere in regards to muscle loss. And I believe they said something like a week of complete sedentary lifestyle. You can lose a significant amount of muscle, the person was saying. It it was someone who was mm-hmm. well known in their, in this area. I just can't remember. <laughs> but I, I remember reading it and I think they were talking about it in regards to us being, you know, a lot more sedentary during the pandemic. And so they were speaking on that and how it can really, you know, the lack of physical exercise, the lack of movement you know, you could lose a a good amount of your muscle in a short time span. Right. Right. I have heard that too. And I've read some stuff on it. You know, if you you don't work out for two weeks, you know, I don't think it's going to, you're not going to lose a significant amount of muscle. If you're just like, if you're living, you're you're doing like daily stuff, but like, if you're laid up, like in bed, like Mm -hmm. bedridden, not moving for two weeks. Yeah. That, I think that's like a different story versus like, just like not working out sitting, you know, at your desk, but still like doing other things like going grocery shopping, like you're still doing things. Like you're not completely 100% like sedentary, like how, uh, someone would be like if they, if they were sick and and laying in in a bed, I, I think a lot of people we're worried about that too. Like I know when everything first shut down, people were freaking out but, right. and everyone's like, I'm going to lose everything. And I'm like, you're fine. I'm like, it's only two weeks. Don't worry about it. You're fine. <laughs> Eight months later. And I'm like, little did you know. <laughs> <laughs> little did we all know. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's when I was just, I, I was ordering things for clients. I was like, here, I, I'm ordering this for you. Venmo me. You know, like, I was just finding all these like weights. Cause everything got like, triple price right it was during that time yes it did yeah a kettlebell was like almost 200 dollars for 30 pounds what 
Yeah, like on Amazon, everything is price gouged. Oh, yeah, so, I remember that. No. I was just scanning through the deepest, darkest parts of Facebook market, looking for weights for everybody. That's where I got all my stuff from, Facebook market. Yeah, I tried that as well. I couldn't find much of anything. I had to go specialty um, when we were trying because that's when we built our little, we expanded on our home gym with the weights and stuff was during the pandemic. And I had to go specialty to to get oh, the wow. stuff that we needed because we couldn't find anything. We went to like thrift stores and all that stuff. Couldn't find. Everything like it was just impossible to find stuff. But yeah, I, I mean, even if someone just had like five pounds or 10 pounds, there's a lot to do with that, you know, from doing mm-hmm. like home, like at home workouts. Mm-hmm. Let's go into strength training specifics. I hear this often with friends and family. I see this online on social media a lot. People talking about, okay, I do two days of cardio and then the rest is strength conditioning, or I only work out my legs twice a week or my lower body twice a week and in my upper body twice a week. Can we go into the specifics of that? Is there a science behind the cardio strength training ratio, how much you should be doing of this and how much you should be doing of that? And also if someone is really trying to tone up, not like bulk up, but just like tone up, do they need to work out specific muscle areas multiple times a week? Or does one time a week suffice? Again, I think this is dependent like on the person and like their goals. And if they're just looking to just get leaner, you know, and not not gain like a lot of muscle mass, but just to, you know, have that lean tight look. If you're lifting four times a week, three times a week, I think that's good enough. You know, I, I tell clients all the time, I'm like, you should be lifting a minimum three times a week, up to five times a week, depending on your goal. I live five times a week, sometimes six, depending. Mm-hmm. I feel, you know, if you're, and if you're trying to go for like fat loss and you're adding the cardio into it, I always tell them like a minimum, like do cardio like three times a week. You know, as long as you're keeping your, your neat in check, you know, outside of your workouts, you'll see progress. You don't need to do all this cardio, but you know, like I, I tell them, like, just make sure strength training is your primary focus. Minimum three days a week. You could do, there's so many splits in strength training and it just really depends on the person's goals and what they, what they really want to sculpt out of that. If someone really wants to find arms, then I would say probably hit your arms twice a week. If they're looking mm. to grow their glutes or work on mostly like their lower body hit that twice a week you know I what do you I mean don't, by split what are splits? a split a split would be a like like how you break up your workouts throughout the week so like say Monday's legs Tuesday is oh, shoulders okay yeah yeah so like that would be like the split and there's no right or wrong split as long as you're hitting those muscle groups, even if it's just once a week, you will see a difference. Hmm. Okay. So, okay. So this is, here's my thoughts, right? Because like high school ran track, still was running in college, but not competitively, huge soccer player. 
isn't running, I know running is cardio, but isn't that a form of a lower body split? Like, am I thinking about it wrong? It's not really like for me, I wouldn't consider that a lower body workout. That's cardio for me because you're training your cardiovascular system. You are, you are using your legs and your muscles in your legs, but that's not something that would cause like muscle growth. If mm-hmm. that makes gotcha. sense. It does. It does. It does. Yeah. And it makes sense because, you know, the Olympics that we recently watched, like I was looking at these long distance runners compared to like the shorter distances. And I was like, wow, they're really lean compared to like the sprinters. So yeah, mm-hmm. that, that totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. So what about fueling? So I want to touch into your dietitian to be expertise here because honestly sports dietetics is not everyone's niche so like Mm -hmm. how do you personally tell your clients about the importance of or what what do you tell them to eat in regards to pre-fueling and also post-fueling like how important is it like is it necessary because I know some people that work out on a fasted state Mm mm-hmm yeah, I there's a lot of people that work out in a fasted state. And I always say what you put in is what you get out. And mm-hmm. if you're putting in nothing, you're you're gonna give subpar performance. Like you probably could do more when you're fueled. So what I do with a lot of my clients is I always recommend eating something at least two hours to 30 minutes before just to get a little gas in the tank. So you could push through that workout because one, if you're working out fasted and also depending on the workout, you could pass out. I see Mm -hmm. it all the time. Mm -hmm. I'll be teaching my boxing class and someone I see them about to like pass out or they feel sick and I'm holding their legs up while I'm like yelling at the class to, you know, to throw their combos so I try to multitask in that point and then I'm trying to get them a Gatorade and, you know, and wow. the first thing I always ask is when's the last time you ate? And they're like at lunch. Meanwhile, this class is like 6 PM. So wow. if their lunch is at like 12, one o'clock, that's a long time before eating. So mm-hmm. you're going to get dizzy. Mm-hmm. You're going to get nauseous. You're going to feel like you're going to pass out. Your blood sugar drops. So it's really important to fuel before your workout, you know, one for energy, two for performance to get the most out of your workout. Because if you're also working on an empty stomach and you're kind of sluggish, like you're not going to give your all. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like maybe you might be able to go another set or an extra couple reps. Correct. So eating, eating before is going to help you get better results because you're going to be able to put more into that workout. And then it gets really specific too with like athletes. When you get like athlete level, like nutrient timing, especially with endurance athletes is is key. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So does it matter? Like, do you tell your clients like a carb and a protein or a healthy fat or a protein bar or a shake? Like, does it really matter how you pre-fuel? Fuel. Mm-hmm. I think it would matter depending how long between eating and your workout is. If you're going to work out in like 15, 20 minutes, I say grab like a vitamin water or like a little bit of orange juice. Mm -hmm. 
Um, mm-hmm. If you're going to work mm-hmm. out 30 minutes to an hour, you know, having a small snack would suffice. I love a, a small Greek yogurt with a little bit of peanut butter and some fruit. Yes. <laughs> That's so good. I do that. <laughs> I actually do that because I have such a queasy stomach and your yogurt is the only thing that's sudden. Yeah, like if I, like I will up chuck at the gym if I have anything more than a yogurt. Yeah, because you're you're so full. Yeah, you're so full. And if you have this big meal before your workout, all the blood is in your stomach trying to break down and digest this food and it doesn't leave enough for the muscles. So then you get like a stomach ache and just not... Having like a, a big meal so close to your workout and not allowing that time to digest, it could become counterintuitive. But like if you're going to work out like two hours prior, maybe a sandwich would work well. Pancakes, maybe. I love like if I'm have if I do a workout in the morning and I'm eating breakfast at like, say, 6 a.m., I'm going to have my oats, my protein powder with my flax seeds my ground flax seeds and chia seed. And then I'll work out at like 8am or 8.30. So I have two to two and a half hours to digest that. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. So some parts of the country right now are still more shut down than others. And then we were talking about earlier of whether or not things are going to get crazy again. Who knows? So if somebody did want to start a training program at home, because they are weary of going back into the gym or their area it's not even an option at all how would you suggest they go about doing that what should they get how can they use the tools that they have at home if they feel like it's about to break the bank to even buy weights and cardio equipment and all that that's a really good question we went upstate this past weekend to see family and on the way back we're cutting through these towns through upstate New York and I didn't see one gym and these small towns, not (laughs) one gym. I didn't pass one gym on the way home. And my question, I asked my husband, I was like, how do these people work out? You know? Mm -hmm. And then it made me think about, yeah, it made me think about other parts of the world. I was like, you know, I'm like, we live in a city or, you know, we live in a, in a bustling area where like we have access to all these things, but there's pla- there's places in the country that like, it's not like where we live and people don't have access to people like me or Kim or you, Joanne, and, and the other trainers that are out there, you know, so I think something that would be helpful for people that live in these areas that don't have access to gyms or can't get to a gym and they're confined to their home. I definitely recommend using social media and Mm. researching reputable fitness coaches that are on social media and Mm -hmm. see if they could create a workout plan for you or see what free content that they're posting. You know, there's like tons of people that post free tips all the time. Or there's other things where you there's like streaming services for workouts one of my favorite ones is like fitting room. They have a body weight option, then they have a kettlebell and dumbbell option. So it works well for people who don't have anything or for people who have something. And it's, I think it's $20 a class, but you know, it, it's something like that. And then I think they have something on demand too. You could look for personal trainers online. 
And if, if you have the means for a personal trainer, definitely reach out and ask if they could do virtual training with you. Mm-hmm. But I think if you are coming from with, with nothing and you need something, look for the free resources. Mm-hmm. There's so much out there. Just do your research. Don't just go with the first influencer that you see on Instagram because that mm-hmm. workout might not be, not might be that effective, but just do your research on reputable people and follow them and get the workouts from them because they're always posting free stuff. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of that last that. year. Yeah. A lot of YouTube videos. I remember you inviting me to one of them, Joanne. And I was like, oh, right. this is fun. <laughs> it was good. It but was good. I definitely, I, I feel what you're saying though, because I know in my area, there is what, two, two gyms and then one of them closed down. And I was like, oh my goodness, what is going on here? And then like another gym opened up but yeah, it makes everything a real struggle. It honestly does. So I do love the tip that, you know, you provided about going online and finding reputable uh, individuals that can help you. So let's sort through that a bit, like your final thoughts, like how can someone tell if someone is reputable? Like, how do you decipher that? I know like a lot of people on social media, they're posting their bodies and their Photoshop mm-hmm. pictures, et cetera. So how can you like weed through that if you're someone like, you know, just a general person who wants to get started? Mm-hmm. My my biggest my biggest tip on that is don't rely just on how someone looks. Mm-hmm. Some of the greatest mm-hmm. people or the smart, even the, the smartest people in the fitness industry, they're not walking around with a six pack. Mm, right, but they right. put out so much great workout information. So first tip is don't just rely on someone's six pack. And it doesn't hurt to talk to them, you know, slide into the DM, ask some questions. And if anyone is out there and, and they're wondering about so-and-so and their workout program and, and you want to know if they're legit or not, you shoot me a message. I'll be happy to look into it for you. So, you know, make sure that you're following someone who is knowledgeable and will, and provides, you know, the right information. One of my friends, Dave, I actually, I trained with him out in Jersey. He has really awesome workouts on his Instagram. They're more gym-based, the movements that he has, but he breaks everything down. So like, I Mm. love to know the how and the why of things. So if someone is is posting workout information and they're good mm-hmm. at what they do, they're going to explain it to you. And that's what I look for is how they're explaining this movement, the purpose behind this movement. Right. Nice. And, and, so, and just like if someone is an expert in themselves and how they got, they train their body doesn't mean they're going to be an expert in how to do the same thing with you. Nor are they an expert in nutrition therapy and all that, that influencers who have no background or education in this stuff to try to throw okay. together and make themselves look, you know, appealing to their followers. Yeah, don't even get right. me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> so Amber, if people want to find you on social media or wherever, where can they go to find you? They could find me underscore naked wellness underscore. They could shoot me a DM, talk to me, connect with me. I'm friendly. I'll answer any questions that you have just because I care. <laughs> I want people to do the right thing, you know, when it comes to health and fitness and nutrition. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. Lovely. 
Amber, thank you so much for being on the show. We appreciate your time. Yes, we do. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking to you both. Likewise, likewise. Joanne, want to go ahead and close this out? So we were so excited to have you here today, mm-hmm. Amber. And we learned so much about exercise and strength conditioning. And everyone, if you have any more questions, you heard where you can find Amber to find out more. Slip into her DMs. She told y'all to do it. Just go in and slip it, slip yeah. in there. <laughs> Please make sure to rate and share this episode with whomever it is that you think may need it. And even if y'all think they need it, send it their way as well. Until next time, guys, we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye, everyone.